0: Welcome back to Petty Astrology. I'm your host, Casey Felton Louie, and I rang in the last of this Aquarius season, and by that I mean when the sun was in Aquarius in the most Aquarian way. I've been talking a lot about Aquarius energy recently, and that's because we've had so much of it going on. We still have four planets in Aquarius, even though the sun is now in Pisces, so don't worry, still very much in the air, so I'm still very much talking about it. But back around the Capricorn New Moon, I was in the New Moon Manifesting Circle that I host over in my Patreon, and I was talking about the energy of that New Moon, and as we were coming up with our intentions, I realized that based on where it was going to happen in my chart, that it was a big priority for me to get out and be social again, I'm kind of an introverted person in general, I'm very shy, I have a cancer rising, I kind of like hanging out with people that I feel really comfortable around, and of course, you know, if you're meeting new people, that kind of feeling takes a little time to build usually. But, you know, ever since we had COVID enter the scene, You know, the past couple years of people deciding that, you know, there is no pandemic anymore and it's over and we don't really have to think about it or worry about it anymore, has really taken a big toll on my social life. You know, I am somebody that pays a lot of attention to science, And so when we had this massive event that shut down the world, I took that very seriously. I understood, like, for medical reasons why we should be concerned about not getting COVID-19. And I'm vaccinated and all that, but even with that vaccine, it's not a silver bullet. It's not something that is, you know, solving the entire problem, sadly. And I think that we live in a culture that is so looking for these quick fixes, these easy solutions. And the reality is, is that there are very few things in the world that are like that. As grateful as I am for the COVID vaccines that we do have, you know, those are things that are protecting us from worst case scenarios for most of us. And we have enough research now to know that COVID-19 is not just a flu. Just because it might feel like a flu at the moment that you're presenting symptoms doesn't mean that it actually is a flu. We know now that the long-term repercussions of COVID infections are really serious and they can result in a wide variety of issues, cardiovascular issues, autoimmune issues, inflammation, long COVID, you know, I know so many different people that have just like enormous amounts of fatigue that they have that they didn't have before they got COVID. And I'm not saying all of this to scare you or bum you out, but the reality of the situation is what it is, and I wouldn't be an astrologer worth a damn if I sat here and lied to you that we were past this massive, mass-disabling event that is still very much here. And, you know, I've said it before, our people in charge don't care to do the right thing. You know, there are people that have enormous amounts of wealth and power that have tools to help them better prevent catching and spreading COVID. We are kind of left with whatever we can get. We're not getting much help at all. And that's a really scary position to be in. I'm never going to lie to you and say, everything's okay, because it's really not okay. It's really not okay. And it's been pretty heartbreaking to see people that, you know, share politics with me, that share ideology with me, that genuinely want the world to be a better place, behaving as if we are past this pandemic, exposing themselves and the people that they care about to this deadly and disabling virus. I worry about it a lot. I worry about the long term repercussions for us because we're going to be seeing over the next five to ten years a lot more people becoming disabled. And what we know is that, you know, having a disability in this culture is so dangerous. So many of the people that I have worked with that live on the streets that are unhoused and enormously poor are people that are also disabled. And that's because, of course, if you are disabled and unable to work, unable to bring the resources in for yourself that you need, you're in a very precarious position. And for us that are more able-bodied, we can really kind of take that for granted. We can take our health for granted. And I had the fortune or misfortune, I guess, of watching people in my family that have these serious health conditions go through a lot. They have to deal with doctors and finding the right doctors, getting doctors to believe them even when they're expressing symptoms or it's not that easy to figure out what's going on with them. People around them not understanding that the symptoms of their disabilities makes their lives a lot more complicated, whether it's fatigue, whether it's accessibility and not being able to take their wheelchair and get in the car and go to a place just like a lot of us are able to do, and we often take it for granted. I think because I watched a lot of people go through that over the course of my life, I understand very intimately like what it means to have your health. The reality of it is, is that a lot of us will lose our health as we age and grow, but if we have the opportunity to, you know, not get a deadly virus, I think we should take it. And I've been very disappointed with people who understand what's at stake, they understand the science, and yet they're still continuing to live their lives uninterrupted as if this isn't reality. So it's been very hard for me as somebody who sees what's going on to socialize with people that have chosen to ignore our shared reality and the consequences of that. So around the Capricorn New Moon, I saw that the energy of that new moon was asking us to change the way that we do things, to step outside of the box, and it really was kind of a good lead-in to all this Aquarius energy that we have going on right now. So I set the intention to create new connections, people that were aligned with me on this, that saw the consequences of this massive pandemic that we're in how it's changing how we have to do things in such a dramatic way. And I was like, I'm gonna have to go out and find more of those people, actually take the time to step outside of my normal social circle and seek those people out. So I saw that a mask block in my area was going to have a meetup this past weekend, and i wanted to go because of course i was like these are people that are organizing around covid they're doing mutual aid around the issues that are coming up with covid and they're organizing meetups so that people who are disabled immunocompromised or just otherwise covid cautious can connect with other people can build community with other people and that's exactly what i've been looking for that's exactly what i set intentions around i want to go out and connect with people who I can actually build relationships with, who are gonna keep me safe, who aren't gonna expose me to COVID, and I'm not gonna expose them to COVID. So I was like, yeah, you know, this event is all the way across at the other side of Los Angeles. You know, I'm gonna have to drive, it's gonna take almost an hour in traffic. It wasn't their first meetup and it wouldn't be their last, but like I've been saying, all of this Aquarian energy and our sort of lead up into Pluto entering Aquarius for the next 20 years in November, if we want to really make use of that Pluto and Aquarius energy to make things better, it's going to require us connecting with people that we haven't connected with before. It's going to require us building community. And I've really been feeling that lately. So I was like, whatever, I'm gonna RSVP. This is the kind of people I'm looking to connect with, even if it is almost an hour away. I can handle that. Now the day of this event, I didn't sleep very well. I woke up several times in the night with just like the worst stomach ache. And I don't get like stomach aches all of the time. So I was annoyed. (laughs) I was tired. Then, you know, I had to hurry and get ready. And then I had to drive all the way across town. And by the time that I got there, I was just like exhausted. So I pull up to this park that we're meeting at and I go to pay the parking fee and I realize that my debit card is gone. I have never in my 30 plus years of living lost a debit card or a credit card of any kind, but of course I'm on my way to this event and you know I'm kind of in a hurry and I'm a little nervous because you know I'm gonna be meeting different people So I tried not to freak out about it. I used a different card to pay, and then once I, you know, parked and got situated, I was like looking through my purse and double checking, like, did I lose the card? Where's the debit card? You know, what happened? As far as I can tell, the card is gone, so thankfully, you know, I could cancel it pretty easily on the app on my phone. I didn't freak out, which was an achievement for me. I am very good at freaking out about stuff like that, and I was like, you know, could be a lot worse. They're just gonna send me a new one and it isn't a big deal. Not gonna let it ruin my day. So I get to the park and I see this group of masked people hanging out and I'm a little nervous because, like I said, I'm shy, I'm not great with new groups of people, I'm not walking into parties and socializing with everybody and introducing myself. Before the meetup, Mask Block Long Beach had ensured that everybody that was attending took rapid tests before showing up. But walking into a social event, knowing that everybody there has already taken multiple COVID tests, plus everybody's masked, even though I was nervous, I still felt safer than I've felt around a group of people in such a long time. I had a couple of friends who were going to be at this event as well, and they happened to show up right around then. And so that helped me walk into this event feeling a little less nervous. I met so many strangers that day, there were over 40 people there at all times, and there were people coming and going, so it wasn't always the same 40-ish people, but it's been a long time since I've met that many new people in one day. And every single person that I met was so friendly, so open, and they understood exactly what the experience that I've just been describing has been like, how isolating it has been. To be trying to take care of your health and the health of people around you and to have so little support, so little community around it. The organizers at Mask Block Long Beach had done such a beautiful job. They picked a really gorgeous spot at this park. There were all kinds of birds and swans hanging out and they had arranged a craft table for us. There was another table where a perfumer had created special scents so that people could write scented love notes. It was Valentine's Day themed. And that person is hosting a perfume class on Zoom so that people who are interested in learning more about making perfume can learn, but they're teaching this class to fundraise for the mask block to keep it going. Because some of the things that mask blocks do is they provide masks to people that maybe are having trouble affording them or rapid tests. They're trying to give people the tools that they need to help survive this pandemic as much as possible. There was a snack table with these amazing donuts that somebody had brought and other kinds of snacks. And because of course it was a masked event, people knew to go off to the side and kind of give people some space if they were gonna take their mask off and eat or drink. But every part of this gathering was so well thought out. It was so loving. So I basically just got to hang out with some of the nicest people that I've met, you know, and I was a stranger to them. And they made me feel so welcome, so cared for, and so understood. And I didn't even really have to get into what I've been feeling or what I've been going through because they were very much on the same page. Like I said, when I arrived at this event, I was so tired. I probably could have taken a nap in my car, but I really wanted to be there. I really wanted to make these new connections. I ended up staying like an hour and a half after the event was over because I was just having such a nice time meeting these people and getting to know them better. I'm someone that often feels like really out of place in social situations and I felt like I could be completely myself, my whole self. I didn't have to edit what I was saying, I didn't have to hide or make myself small or impress anybody. So eventually when it was time to go, I left feeling so energized, like I was more awake at the end of this event than when I arrived, because I knew I needed to make new connections, but I didn't know how very much I needed it. Our culture can be so isolating. It's very easy to feel like people don't care about each other, that there is no security unless you're around people that you know, that you have an established relationship with. It's all me and mine. And this was an incredible reminder that a better world is possible. That there are people out there who will understand you, who will share your vision for the world, and who will want to work together with you to help make it real. And the thing about Aquarius energy is that, yeah, it is very futuristic, but we can always see traces of the future in the present moment. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Everything builds upon the previous things. And sometimes Aquarians can feel ahead of their time, but they're not. They're of the time that they're in. The world doesn't look the way that I want it to look yet and I'm so used to being told that I'm too radical, I'm too optimistic, that I don't understand human nature, that people are too bad to really care about each other and take care of each other. And why would anyone put on a mask? That's your job. You put on a mask if you're so worried about it. If it doesn't affect me, it's not really my problem. And I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be made uncomfortable. I don't want to put on a mask that is going to ruin my outfit or cover my face or make it a little harder to breathe. Even if it means saving lives of the people around me or even my own. That's the standard right now. So it would be easy for me to sit and think, well, nobody cares. But being with this group of people that very obviously care and demonstrated how much they care, made me feel so safe, so encouraged to continue trying to build this future that feels at times impossible to build. That's the beauty of Aquarius energy. When we find ways to connect with other people, we will also find that we are encouraged to continue moving forward, that we're inspired to believe that more is possible. That there are people out there who want to care for one another. Who want to build a world where it isn't just about me, me, me. That there are people out there, just like us, that see the problems in the world and want to figure out ways to make things better. It becomes a lot harder to believe that that future that I so want is impossible when I can see moments of it manifesting right there in front of me. The people that say that it is too hard to prevent COVID, that we just have to accept that this is the new normal, were proven so wrong in this moment. Did it take work to organize an event like this? Absolutely. And I am so appreciative that there were people that care enough to do that work, but the work, the stepping outside of my comfort zone, the being slightly inconvenienced by the drive and the masks and the testing, all of it was so worth it. It was so worth it. So as we continue on with all this Aquarius energy, I want you to really look at what it is that you want to see in the world. The future that feels too far out of reach and maybe even impossible. There are people out there who care enough to put in the work to have those sometimes difficult conversations. To let go of their fears of looking weird or being too different and instead focus on doing what is right and what is necessary to move us forward. And my hope is that if you're listening to this, that you are one of those people or that you're willing to become one that you as an individual are willing to change the way that you do things so that humanity as a whole can move forward. And to know that even a small group of people, even just a few individuals, have the power to do things that make massive impacts. We are holding hands with the future. So ask yourself, what are you willing to do to make sure that that future is kinder, safer, and more beautiful than anything we've seen before. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by astrologer Mackenzie Wollenzine to talk about demystifying the Saturn return. After that, I'll talk about the astrology of this upcoming week, including that big beautiful Virgo full moon. Today we have a very special returning guest to Petty Astrology. We've got astrologer Mackenzie Wolenzine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to have you back. And you were one of the OGs on Petty Astrology season one. Oh, yes. Love Island. Yeah. Some people have been asking about, and by the way, I'm going to put those up on Patreon The reason that I took them down was not because I'm not enormously proud of the work that we did in season one, but it was kind of something that we did more for fun because we love astrology, we love Love Island, and there was a season of Love Island coming on at the time, and we decided that it would be fun to cover it on a podcast, so... That is kind of what prompted me to start podcasting. And it was like a lot of things that turn out to be really cool. It was something that was on a whim and it was just for our own fun, really, because Mm -hmm. we would already be looking at this information and kind of sussing out people that are on the show Mm -hmm. using astrology and what we had, because obviously we didn't have birth time. So that made it an interesting game for us as well. But it was a social experiment. It was a social experiment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And astrologers are nothing if not nosy people. Mm-hmm. We had a really good time with that. I will put them up on Patreon so that people can get the idea of what we were doing back then. But it's a very different show. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see like the seeds of where we're at now. But I didn't want people to think that it was just gonna be us talking about reality TV every season, you know. So we've we've broadened the show since then. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie and Jen Russell were both my teammates in that season. So it was a really a fun experience. And uh, I love having them on the show to talk astrology because who else?
1: Right. Who better? Yes. You know? Lori's quarrels.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you're new to us, if you're new to McKenzie, We studied astrology together. We've apprenticed together and we continue to have a lot of conversations about our astrology and spirituality. We also study mediumship together. So we love doing, you know, woo woo stuff together, essentially. Mm -hmm. You know, Mackenzie recently went through her Saturn return and that kind of inspired me to talk about it here on the podcast because Saturn returns are one of those things that I think people that are newer to astrology will hear about. And it's very intriguing because as a lot of us know, in our late twenties, we're usually going through some kind of coming of age. And once you get into the astrology, you you can come to understand that Saturn very much has to do with that process. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, you know, there's all kinds of astrological information online now, and that can be confusing, I think, for people that are newer to the subject. And for whatever reason, it has kind of gotten out there that your Saturn return is something that is a years long, miserable process and bad things happen. And, you know, there's all kinds of mythology around it. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, it's very frustrating as a actual astrologer to, you know, hear people talk about it in such a negative way. And it's really sad actually to see people, you know, like I'm, you know, I know that my Saturn return is coming up or they think that just because Saturn is back in the sign of their Saturn, that it's this, you know, several years long process Mm -hmm. where just because Saturn is back in the sign that it was in when you were born, that means that you're going through it.
1: Yeah. It is very like frustrating, especially when, because, you know, astrology, it's so like mainstream right now, I feel like, like pop astrology, especially. And so I have friends that just kind of like have dabbled or like they don't know very much about it. And they will come up to me and be like, oh, yeah, I heard we're all going through our Saturn return. And like, this is like the decisions we make right now are like extremely <laughs> pivotal and like existential. And like the things that we do right now are like, written in stone and like they just make it sound so dramatic and I have to be like yes it is usually like a time in our lives that we will remember and like we do have to like use our free will during this time but it's not like this huge existential like I don't know. You know, it's really not that big of a deal because everybody goes through it if they, you know, reach this stage in their life. So (laughs) it's just a time where we become more mature and have to take on more responsibility, you know, in society. We don't really like to do that. And so...
0: Yeah, there's so much fear that has been built around it, and so my hope today is that we can give you guys the basics about what a Saturn return is, what that actually means for real, Mm -hmm. and what we can kind of get out of it, how we can think about it, and not freak ourselves out, because I'm very big on that. And I know you are as well. Yes, we don't want to freak ourselves out. Because if you anticipate worst case scenario, we often unintentionally create that for ourselves. And so we don't want to reinforce that for people. Mm -hmm. So I want to put some good information out there. I want to assuage any fears. And I also want to empower people that like, if you are approaching your Saturn return, or if you're like McKenzie, you're a Saturn in Pisces, which is where Saturn is right now. And you just went through it or you're going to go through it. And then I thought we could talk a little bit about our Saturn return experiences. And, you know, so people have some examples to refer to. Like, you and I are, you know, mature women of the world now. Mm -hmm. We are post-Saturn return, okay? So I, I don't know what it was, but as soon as I turned, like, 30, which is just about after the time that I had my Saturn return... I started calling people honey all of a sudden. Like I never used to do that. It was like something changed, something shifted. So maybe that is something mm-hmm. to be afraid of. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you just become like this old dame. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's a possibility. So let's talk about first what Saturn represents. Like what is Saturn? Saturn is really about structure. It's about discipline and responsibility. And One thing that's important to know is that Saturn and Jupiter are what's called tertiary planets. So they're not indicators about our personality, right? Like, you know, our Mercury or our Venus or our Mars, those are personality indicators in an astrology chart. Saturn, however, is more about our social and cultural training. Often that comes from, you know, the families that we grew up in. It's also important to mention that Saturn often represents the father in somebody's chart, or, you know, if you have a more authoritative or disciplinarian parent, it would be that parent as well. It doesn't always have to be dad. And so those are some of the, you know, kind of basic representations of Saturn. And so just starting there, I think that we can get an idea of why people freak themselves out about Saturn so much, right? Because socially, like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. structure and discipline, like, who wants that? You know, what do you think like about the fact that people have such negative views of those things?
1: I think it is just very much like a reflection of society. What I always think of is like Saturn. It's like, it just it takes time and it takes um, like practice. And it's something that like you build on like one after the other. Like I always think of When I was a dancer, like just how we would have to like practice doing like the same things almost every day. And like you build on that. And like years later, like all of a sudden you realize, hey, I am like a better dancer. And that always just reminds me of Saturn because it is something that it takes discipline and it takes like hard work and effort and Mm -hmm. a long time. And you know, we live in society where it's, Like, we want that instant gratification. We don't like to, like, sit around and wait. We prefer to, like, have fun and stuff like that. You know, if we didn't have Saturn, though, like, you know, we would be, as Laurie always says, the amorphous globs of goo. And we wouldn't, like, really get Mm -hmm. anywhere in society. So... Even though Saturn isn't known for like fun, I don't think we would know what fun is without Saturn, Yeah, you know?
0: Lori Rivers is our mentor who trained us in astrology. She's also a producer of this podcast. Shout out to producer Lori Rivers. But she did a really great job I think of instilling in us appropriate respect for Saturn, right? And she always says that Saturn represents yes. our bones. So imagine being a person mm-hmm. that had no bones. Like it would not be very constructive. Would it? <laughs> it would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are afraid of Saturn like you're afraid of bones.
1: Yeah. We need those.
0: Your teeth. Yeah, we need that. We need that. <laughs> So I agree that like, we are this instant gratification society. I think the other part of it for me that really sticks out is when people think of authority, they have such negative references for it. I can say like in my chart, my Saturn is sextile Pluto. So, you know, I can say that the authority in my life and my upbringing was pretty intense and sometimes obsessive. And they did a number on me. So I understand. I understand. And I think socially, there's so many references. You know, we live in a police state. So there's very negative representations of what authority can look like. Right now, we have leadership in this country that is completely ignoring constituents, right? They have authority. They're not listening to the people that they represent. Like, hey, we actually don't want to send all our money to Bomb and obliterate small children. Like that is a negative expression Mm -hmm. of authority. So we're just surrounded by a lot of negative representations of what structured discipline and authority look like. And I think that that plays into why people have this fear around Saturn because the things that Saturn represents. We are just so overpowered with all of this, you know, negative expressions of what that can look like. And the other side of it, one of the things that really helped me when I started studying astrology is like, I remember uh, we were taking a Saturn return class with Lori. And I came away from that class realizing that Saturn was also our, you know, our teachers in a certain sense, like people that we look up to. So, Lori is a Saturn figure for us, and that is somebody that, who has provided a lot of structure for us and a lot of framework for us to learn what we've learned, which has been enormously positive and helpful. And the mentorship, I think, as well, like helping us build ourselves up that is also a really positive expression of that Saturn energy. So unfortunately, I think that just a lot of us don't always have that kind of reference. And so I understand like why those themes can be kind of scary, you know? And astrology with the internet these days is kind of like a game of telephone. (laughs) So people will say one thing and then they'll spread it and it kind of gets misconstrued and misrepeated and then you're just dealing with the most watered down interpretations of anything so I think that that's part Mm of you know that fear comes from but a Saturn return is something that like Mackenzie said everybody that lives you know to the age of 30 goes through at least once and you know we'll get more than one if we live long enough because it's very important to know like our astrology charts are static you know the chart that we have as individuals is a representation of where the planets were at the moment that we were born. So it doesn't change. But of course, the planets don't just stop moving because we're born. (laughs) They keep moving. And Mm -hmm. so the Saturn cycle is somewhere between 27 and 29 years to make that full revolution around the solar system and then go back to the place that it was when you were born. That's what a return for any planet is. So Saturn return is guess what? It's when Saturn returns to the place it was when you were born. That's all it is. That's all a return is. So, of course, as an astrologer, that has meaning to us, right? But on a basic level, I really want people to understand, like, that is what a return is. That is all it means. It just means that the planet is going back to where it was when you were born. The Saturn return is really the end of a cycle, right? It's the end of that path that Saturn started at when you were born And then it goes through and then it comes back around depending on where it is. It takes between 27 and 29 years to make that revolution. So that's why a lot of us in our late 20s, you know, are dealing with this coming of age moment that is the Saturn return. So like I was saying, Saturn is representative of our social and cultural programming, kind of the stories that we are told and our representations of, you know, authority, discipline, those kind of things. So when you look at that trajectory, it's funny because I was talking about this last night and it feels like people get really worked up about the return because that's, you know, that's the terms that they are familiar with. But in that revolution, in the Saturn cycle, there are different points within that cycle that we're not going to get into today, but you know, when Saturn is moving around the solar system, there are different aspects that happen. And an aspect is just the angles between two planets, which like everything else in astrology, that means something to us astrologers. But there are different points of the Saturn cycle that are significant. And so people fixate on kind of, it's like fixating on the end of the marathon, You know, it's like the struggle has kind of already happened Mm -hmm. in that marathon of that revolution, right? It's like, you know, there's different points of challenge as Saturn aspects your birth chart Saturn. And so there's Mm -hmm. different challenges, different choices that we make during that cycle that, you know, kind of inform that return, I would say. So it's funny Mm -hmm. because I think people get really worried about the return part of it. And it's, again, I would compare it metaphorically to like being really worried about the end of the marathon. What, like, why don't you just like run that race? You know what I mean? Like, why don't you focus on, you know, the challenges that come with running that race and the different obstacles Mm -hmm. that you're going to encounter during that, like, Again, it's a 27 Mm -hmm. to 29 year process. So things are happening when we're seven, things are happening when we're 14, things are happening when we're like 21. Those are the points I would say Mm -hmm. in that initial like first Saturn cycle that oftentimes we're making these decisions or coming to these understandings and awarenesses that kind of inform that cycle. Mm -hmm. The thing about a Saturn return, again, it's like the end of the marathon and then it also starts a new cycle. Because it's, you're always, you're always in a cycle. You're always in a cycle with every planet, every single planet. So as soon as it hits that Saturn return, new cycle is beginning, right? Like it's, you're, you're back on that horse again. You you never get off.
1: Right. (laughs) So
0: it's important to understand you're, you're always in a Saturn cycle. Sorry to say, I'm sorry if people that are afraid of Saturn, like here's the hard reality. Saturn is always with us. Mm -hmm. So it's best to make peace. And Saturn governs reality. It's just always there. In terms of like themes for Saturn returns, there are some things that we see that are kind of recurring themes for people. And everybody has their own version of the Saturn return, right? Because we all have our individual charts. And It's always going to depend on what astrology is happening at that time as well. So like none of this exists in a vacuum. So it's you you never just single out Saturn in the chart and just that's the only thing happening. And so I think that's also part of it is that people don't realize like while they're experiencing the Saturn return, there are other planets doing things, you know what I mean? So it's never just like pure Saturn energy, right? It's like, for me, for example, my Saturn return was conjunct Pluto. Oh no, the other planet that people freak out about, right? You know, it's never just Saturn. So there can always be other things playing energetic roles in what's happening. So that's important to remember too. But some of the themes I think for a Saturn return is it's really a coming of age of sorts. And especially like if you think about our culture here, you know, you become an adult at 18, but we all recognize that being 18 is, you know, Mm -hmm. barely adulthood and our brains are still growing (laughs) at that age you know there's a yeah. lot of life that happens in our 20s and where we are right now at this point in time the 20s tend to be like when we're facing reality you know as individuals we're not little kids anymore we think we're more aware and educated than we often are and you know cuz we're kind of just getting our first taste of like you know the real world as what we call an adult and so i think over the course of those years, you know, we're, we're facing a lot of truths about ourselves, about the people around us, about the world in different ways. And by the time that we get to the Saturn return time, it's like, again, late twenties. So it's usually between the age of 27 and 29. We're at that point kind of deciding what kind of real adult we want to be. I think for a lot of us. So in that sense, it's like, a, it is a coming of age. Mm-hmm. It's coming into what I would say is like real true maturity in a lot of ways. As somebody who just recently went through that, I mean, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I had my official Saturn Woo-hoo. return like 10 days ago. So She's fresh. I'm a new adult. <laughs> but just especially over like these last six months, I would say like, I've just felt a shift and it's been like almost a very internal shift and it's, it's hard to explain, but it is just like, like how you said, like you started calling people honey. Like it's funny when I look back, I'm like, look at like, you know, 21 year olds and like, even like 26 year olds, like my sister, like, it's just kind of like, oh, you're so young. Like you, you have so much youth and you still, you know, it is just like a feeling of, feeling more solid like in this physical body I would say and you know you realize the responsibility of having to take care of like this physical vessel like the other day I went to the dentist and I found out I have my first cavity and um, like that's just like one example of like you know the consequences of things and you know Saturn rules consequence and I think that's another thing that like people really don't like is like you have to take responsibility and like accept the consequences of like your actions and like you know past decisions and it doesn't have to be a bad thing like you know when Saturn was moving through Aquarius that's when I kind of decided I wanted to pursue this astrology thing and it just kind of was like a slow development and um, a slow buildup. and now as like a post-Saturn return person I'm a professional astrologer and it's not like a like that was a very good thing in my life. And that's like the consequences of, you know, following those actions. Mm. And yeah, you know, it's just been like a feeling more sure of my decisions as well, I think, and just kind of feeling more like my own authority yeah. and believing in myself a little bit more. I think that's part of that Pisces energy. But yeah, it's just been a a slow process, very Saturnian. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing that's important is that the consequences element of it. I think when people hear about it and they're approaching it and they're freaking themselves out and they're like, it's going to be this three year period or whatever, which again, Mm -hmm. that's not the case. It is the consequences of decisions that we've made previously, you know, and work we put in or we didn't put in. And so, you know, people don't necessarily like consequences when they're not necessarily aware of like what they've been putting their energy towards. Yeah, so it can be really beneficial. And you're right. Like I've seen you working really hard. And I feel like this past year, like I've just seen you owning the fact that you're good at what you do, and Mm -hmm. that you can speak on it. And even just like making TikToks, you know what I mean, which is for I think people like us, we're both I think kind of introverted Mm -hmm. And we're yappers. We got stuff to say, obviously. (laughs) But, you know, sitting in front of a camera and, you know, talking to an audience of mostly strangers and -hmm. staring at your own picture is like it's its own, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I've just seen you... Owning the fact that like, yeah, I am an astrologer. A lot of these people don't know what they're talking about. I do. Mm-hmm. I've put in the work. And so like watching you own your authority, you know, own the fact that you have put in all this time and study. And mm-hmm. you're like, you know what? The barrier, the restriction, which is also a Saturnian thing that maybe even you were putting on yourself, like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, yes. you know, I don't know how to make videos or, you know, but you move past that and and stuck to the fact that, yes, you you know what you're doing and you've been doing it anyway. I think that's like such a beautiful expression of like that coming into your own authority. Mm -hmm. And so it can be really positive, really positive experiences. And I think for a lot of us, we're so used to being told what to do or referencing someone else. I remember in my 20s, a lot more like I have my Venus in Libra so I love running things by people and and getting their thoughts when I'm making these big decisions but I feel like I do that a lot less post Saturn return like I don't need to consult as many people mm-hmm. about like some decision that I'm making or whatever and like I will but I think I know enough now and I've experienced enough now post Saturn return that it's like I kind of get the lay of the land I don't actually need the counsel as much as I did back then
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I feel like it's it can be really enormously positive. Yeah. It doesn't have to be negative, And it certainly doesn't have to be something that makes people afraid.
1: Definitely not. And I mean, I know some people that have had like, you know, really like life-changing experiences, but I feel like most people, it is just like this slow, gradual thing. And um, just this slow and steady, like one of my friends, she she's an artist. And for like a really long time like she was just kind of like doing art on the side and um you know working like at a restaurant and you know not like doing her dream job and then um she just made the decision one day to apply to this like this art studio and she didn't get the job but the person that she interviewed with like owns the place and she just like decided like well, like, what else do you like to do? And she's like, well, I'm an artist. And um, so she showed her her art, and she got her art put in this um, studio and, like, is selling her art now. And she's, like, a full-blown artist. And so, like, that's another really good example of coming into, like, mm-hmm. feel like it's almost, like, what you're meant to do in a way. And so, yeah, it's just kind of, like, if you're on that right path, like, it'll, the doors will open up and, like, the path will be, like, opened up more. And so, if you're not on like the quote unquote right path, it's kind of like doors will shut and you'll be kind of yeah. like gently nudged in different directions. And
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a what are you good at moment and, and where are you going with that ability? Yeah. Authority, so maturity, mm-hmm. taking responsibility, those can all be parts of a Saturn return. So for some people, like some really common things that happen during this time, sometimes it's uh, marriage is a common one or like having kids. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. career oriented. Maybe you're kind of leveling up in your career, maybe having new opportunities or things like that, but it can be the sense of, of sort of taking responsibility. And again, the consequences of, you know, what you've done up to then. So like, you know, if you're getting married on your Saturn return or right around that time, Probably because you put some time and effort into building a relationship, most likely, you know, the consequences are not like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) unnatural, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be like completely, you know, sometimes people do have more challenging experiences as well. And I mean, those can be myriad of reasons. So those are some Mm -hmm. of the the common things that I have seen. Let's talk about like how long a Saturn return does last because of course, it's not the entire time that Saturn is in that sign, right? I remember because we have Saturn in Pisces right now. I remember when Saturn first moved into Pisces, I saw all these people online freaking out about how they have Saturn in Pisces and therefore they had started their Saturn return. And (laughs) I made a video. It was like, hey, if you don't have a zero degree Saturn in Pisces, like you're not actually having your return. So every planet in your chart has a degree and a minute. And that is what tells you where it is in your chart. It's just locational. It's just, it's like I said, it's a map. And so all a return is, is when a planet moves back to that exact degree and minute in the chart. Therefore... (laughs) A Saturn return is actually just the day that that happens. It's not this long thing. However, Mm -hmm. I would say that like you kind of start getting a taste of some of those themes as it gets pretty close to that. So I would say maybe like six to eight degrees away from that Saturn. You're not having the Saturn return when that approach and separation is happening, but you may be kind of, you know, I mean, it's, it's all linear in time. So you're, you're going to be kind of dealing with some of those themes and sort of the lead up and, you know, the lead off from that energy as well. But the reality is, I really mm-hmm. want people to understand this, that the Saturn return is just, is just when that happens. It's not this like long, arduous process. It's certainly not years long.
1: Mm-hmm. I always say it's kind of like, you know, like your birthday isn't like the entire month. Like it's your birthday when the sun like, you know, conjuncts your natal sun. And it's just like that with Saturn. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you might feel like the buildup to your birthday. And like after your birthday, you still feel like, you know, that high from like all those people wishing you happy birthday, all the love. But yeah, that's kind of like the same idea with really any planet.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So you know, you might still have the decorations up from the birthday party. You might have to go put those away mm-hmm. after the the return. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's your the return is over, the party's over. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's it. Yes, that's it. So you might exactly. you might still be dealing yeah. with the consequences of the party, but the party's over. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's yeah. That's the that's the highlight here. Mm-hmm. There is one other kind of scenario that I wanted to mention for people, and actually, you and I both had Saturn returns where. That movement of Saturn right back to where it was in our birth charts because of retrogrades, which I will explain. Don't worry, Mm -hmm. don't freak out. It will happen more than once. So, for you and I, we both had this process. And what that means is so, I'll use mine as an example. So, my Saturn return was in 2019. So, in March of 2019, I had Saturn move back to exactly where it was in my chart. And then there was a retrograde. It continued moving and then, you know, eventually retrograded and went back to where it was once again. And that happened in June of 2019. Once it went direct again, continued moving and then it back. This is hard to explain without visual. So essentially it it's like a bus, which is this is a Lori Rivers metaphor. And she says that it is like, you know, the bus kind of backs up, which is the retrograde moves back. And retrogrades are just a optical illusion, essentially, from Earth, where a planet looks like it's moving backwards in the sky, but it's not. So that's all that mm-hmm. means. So when it appears to, you know, back up, when that bus starts moving backwards, it goes back to that same point again. So it's it's a little bit of a longer process for me. It was where it was in my birth chart in March, and then again in June, and then finally in December. So the actual return was that December, the final time that it was back where it was in my birth chart. So some people have that experience where, because of retrogrades, it is a little bit more of like I would say, a little bit more of a process mm-hmm. where that energy is like kind of you're getting a taste of it and then it's backing off and then you're getting a little taste of it mm-hmm. again and then it's backing off and then you're getting that final taste and that's the return. Mm-hmm that can happen. And sometimes I think people, because it happens more than once, like if you pull up some astrology software, you know, I've instructed people on TikTok how to do that previously, because I think people were so curious about it. And sometimes people were like, it happens three times. And I was like, yeah, it's just because of retrogrades. You just, you're just paying attention to the last one. That's when your Saturn return is. But sometimes people think because it happens in multiple dates, in that process, that it's somehow worse or harder. And my experience is that that is absolutely not the case. And in fact, sometimes mm-hmm. it can feel a little bit less intense because it isn't this kind of singular thing that you're building up to. It is kind of that, it is that back and forth. It is that kind of lead up. It's a little bit, it's a dance. It's this energetic mm-hmm. dance yeah. that is happening. So you're getting a little taste and then we're backing off and then we're getting a little taste and then backing off. You know, you and I were both people that had that experience we had that like kind of dance going on. I don't think that it made it any worse of an experience to be honest. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, 2019 was a pretty good year for me. You know, it's it wasn't mm-hmm. the worst year of my life. It wasn't even close. <laughs> was not even mm-hmm. close. So, my hope is that by sharing that with people that, you know, if they are experiencing a Saturn return, they can understand that it's it doesn't have to be, you know, the worst time of your life. What about you? How do you feel about that back and forth that you just went through?
1: Yeah, so mine, it went over my natal Saturn in June and it retrograded back over it like two weeks later. And I will say it was more intense in June Mm. than it was like, you know, 10 days ago. Like it just felt, it felt a lot heavier in June. And so once it kind of retrograded back off of it, I was like, like, I felt like I was like, I could breathe a little easier almost. And then, you know, over these past uh, couple of months, I've definitely been feeling like that intense kind of feeling again. And it's not like a bad feeling, but it's a feeling that I recognized. And um, it was not anything bad yeah. this last time. Like it was, it's just kind of like a, Oh, this is back. And like, I knew what to expect, kind of. And yeah, it wasn't anything horrible or anything. But yeah.
0: (laughs) Do you think that having that kind of preview of the energy made it a little bit easier when you had the actual final return?
1: Yeah, I would say so. It's kind of like, you know, you knew what to expect. It's not like this, like, one and done thing. It kind of, it was the cha-cha. It kind of just, (laughs) like, back and forth a little bit. And it felt almost like a slower, like, gradual process, I guess. Yeah. What happened during your Saturn return? I'm curious. My Saturn return was a year where I
0: was, that first part of that cha-cha in March was when I was finishing up actually my first professional writing gig as a screenwriter. So it was huge. It was a huge, like 2018 was huge for me because that's when that job started. But that is when it ended. Interestingly enough, that show ended up getting canceled. So it was like the beginning, you know, it was good. And I was kind of finishing up the end of that season and things were really hopeful. And then in between that cha-cha with that retrograde, that's when that show ended. So, you know, in a certain sense, I had to kind of like I had gotten that step up, which is it in this industry is so huge. Like that was the moment that I had been waiting for since I started working in the industry mm-hmm. at age 21. Yeah. Yeah you know and i was 21 so the consequences of me busting my ass mm-hmm. getting people lunch getting people coffee you know the things that i had done being an assistant for years answering phones dealing with egos you know mm-hmm. all of the things that i had done up to that point you know i got very fortunate that i got my big break that was my big break in 2018 so mm-hmm. 2019 the beginning of my Saturn return was kind of me wrapping up that first gig that was so pivotal because that is Some people never get that opportunity. They'll do, you know, all the grant work and they just, it just doesn't happen for them. Mm -hmm. And so that was like, I really, I did it. I did that first season and I had done the gig, you know? So there was that. I was coming out of it like, yeah, I am actually a professional fucking writer, you know what I mean? That was the vibe (laughs) that I was getting, you know, even though it didn't, the show didn't continue, which was disappointing. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I've been a writer. Like I had that under my belt. You can't take it away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I made the jump. The jump is done. Mm -hmm. So that was a big part of my Saturn return that year I was still dealing with, I think, a lot of grief because my grandmother passed the year before mm-hmm. and it was very abrupt. So I think that that was kind of mixed in there, you know, and it was, it was sad to me because, like, I remember, you know, my grandmother was such a big part of, like, how I ended up where I am and was such a creative encouragement to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, and she was a Saturnian figure in my life, you know what I mean? She was somebody that I really looked up to and who was this, you know, very stable and like matriarchal I mean she was like you know on that side of my family I didn't have any other elders like she was the matriarch you know Mm -hmm. so that I think was mixed in there too like I had lost one of my Saturnian figures and so I was like having to be the Saturn in my own life if that makes sense is that that's kind of part of the feeling that I think I was going through it was like okay I am the adult yeah (laughs) I'm the adult So that was a big part of it. You know, for me, I really, and I, you know, I have Saturn and Capricorn and I did feel very career girl bossy (laughs) at the time, you know, like that was, I think, a big part of it. I traveled that year, which was, you know, something that I had done before. That was nice. I was in a relationship at the time that it had been five years
1: into a relationship
0: at that point. So that was, you know, part of it. I have my Saturn is in the seventh house. So that I'm sure that that was, you know, part of it. Like this... Mm -hmm the maturity of this long term relationship that I was in. That was a big part of it. And we we traveled together. And and then I the only other honestly the only other thing that I remember is my dog had some health issues at the end of the year that I I had to take care of. And I, you know, it really made me feel like I I had to really be in charge because it was yeah. like, oh my God, you know, I have my my baby. <laughs> you know. And yeah. so that sense was another thing. It was like I had to kind of figure out like, you know, medical stuff for my dog in a way that I had never done before. So I had to assume authority in that sense and you know Mm-hmm. figure it out because she's a dog she can't make her own bed appointment so you know <laughs> like that was it was um I had to be daddy <laughs>
1: oh yeah <laughs> so daddy daddy you
0: know and I think also in that period of time I was with in terms of the relationship like are some of our relationship dynamics were changing I think that might have been the year that I actually had to have some like difficult conversations like hey some of these things in the relationship aren't working for me anymore and like we need to change how we do I believe it was 2019 so that's interesting yeah, like, and, and having yeah. just uncomfortable conversations with, you know, somebody that I'm, I'm in a relationship with, we're very close, but I was kind of renegotiating the relationship, to be honest, that's what was happening, mm-hmm. which is, you know, yeah. my seventh house, Capricorn, Saturn, <laughs> loves a good relationship negotiation, because I like things to be, you know, very clear, and we're on the same page, and I need everybody to get what they need, and so I think those were some mm-hmm. of the main things that I remember from that period. I wasn't an astrologer back then, so I don't have the notes. The notes back then are not of the quality that I would like. Um, mm-hmm. As an astrologer now, I have pieced together from all my you know stuff back then. So I think that's like kind of the main stuff that was going on for me.
1: Nothing scary. It was a big year.
0: It was actually, I would say, 2019, from my memory, I would say, of that kind of cluster of years was like one of the better ones in a lot of ways. To be fair, I have a cat moon. <laughs> I was born 100,000 years old, and um, Mm -hmm. I've only gotten younger, which is weird. (laughs) A lot of Capricorn moons age in reverse in some ways because we are very responsible children, and then we kind of let go of that responsibility in the same way as we get older oftentimes. You know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I did, I put in the work. (laughs) so actually for me becoming an adult and like, you know, the Saturn return experience was really nice because it was like, you know, I was just acknowledging that like I'm in charge. Nobody gets to make decisions for me. I'm paying the bills. I'm working the jobs. I'm putting in the work. I did all this. And of course, you know, I had help. I had a lot of support, but I did the work. So it was kind of like the fruits of all, a lot of my labor like coming to fruition in this really nice way. And you know, then I started calling people honey. So I want to talk a little bit about Saturn in Pisces just in general, because, you know, people listening, if they have Saturn in Pisces, it might be kind of beneficial to talk a little bit about like the energy it's, we're experiencing Saturn in Pisces right now. And it's weird. It's a weird energy. We It is weird. Because of this, the length of the cycle, as we said, the last time we had Saturn in Pisces was in the nineties. So for a lot of us, not super fresh in the memory, especially those of us who have only had one Saturn return. Yeah you have Saturn in Pisces. So what do you think uh, in terms of like somebody that is having a Saturn return in Pisces? Like, what does that make you think of?
1: Well, when I think of Saturn, just like as like, like almost like a character, like I think like, he's like this old man, you know, who's like, had lots of wisdom and like has lived many years and, you know, wants the best for us and can be kind of like hard on us sometimes. But um, with him like in Pisces it's almost like like I almost see him as like a wizard almost I guess and the wizard who lives at like the top of the tower and yeah you know, there's like,
0: isolation there's a little
1: privacy yeah and like not as like disciplinarian as like Saturn and Capricorn <laughs> would be more of like a like a gentle like wanting you to believe in yourself kind of thing and so kind of like almost like a subconscious thing because Pisces like is the subconscious so it's kind of like you know like Jiminy Cricket like that's like your conscience you know and I feel like Saturn and Pisces almost feels like that a lot it's like this this intuition like you know what's right you know what's wrong and that's kind of that energy and I read an article like a long time ago um, when I was still first like learning about astrology and They talked about Saturn and Pisces as like this captain on a ship kind of. Because like, you know, Pisces is like the ocean. And so it's like this captain like running the ship. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely different. I love the captain on the ship. Yeah. That's cool. It just like really, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But it is just this kind of like... Different energy because Saturn like rules boundaries and Pisces knows no boundaries and so it's kind of I think a lot it's of not us pairing. yeah it is and so I think a lot of us with Saturn in Pisces we're kind of Having to develop like our own emotional boundaries and kind of getting that like spiritual discipline in. And I've noticed at least a handful of people that I know, including myself, where we've gotten like sober. Whether we've dealt with alcohol abuse, substance abuse, whatever it is, a lot of us have gotten sober. And I've noticed more people are talking about it in the media right now. And it's interesting because Pisces also rules things like you know substance abuse. So I think a lot of us are coming to terms with things like that. And it's an interesting time, I will say.
0: Yeah, that's lovely. That's a lovely description. I think you're totally right. Like it's a lot cooler to be alcohol free now Mm -hmm. than it has ever been that I've ever seen. Like, And here in LA, we have this thing called California Sober, Mm -hmm. which is where people don't drink alcohol, but they smoke weed or, you know, Mm -hmm. they do like some plant medicine or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just a different vibe than I've seen. And like Saturn and Pisces is like structuring the things that are. More ethereal and like completely yeah. unbound and unstructured. So it is this really like kind of interesting mix of energy for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And probably I would imagine for a lot of people that have Saturn in Pisces, maybe had more unusual of examples of like that structure
1: mm-hmm.
0: in their life or, you know, that Saturnian energy. Maybe it's. Creating boundaries and structure where there maybe is none, Mm -hmm. or structuring things that don't naturally come structured, like, you know, like creativity. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people that are really creative and and Pisces can certainly be very imaginative, very creative energy, Mm -hmm. or very emotional energy. And oftentimes, you know, emotions and creativity can kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like, think of the artists that, you know, like not all artists are, you know, necessarily very structured people, right? Mm -hmm. Like they can often be very dreamy, very unbound. And so it's this meeting of the most structured and physical energy meeting the least structured and least physical energy. Yeah. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder if a theme for people like in, in your age group, it might be like looking for a little bit more structure in their spiritual practice. Mm hmm. Yeah. During this time period, and that might be part of the Saturn return for Mm -hmm. a lot of people is like looking for a little bit more, a little bit more ways to like ground their spirituality in some way. So for some people that might be like, we're going to church, some people that might be like, you know, I'm going to take a class and, you know, learn how to use these tarot cards or, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So I wonder if that's not something that we'll, we'll see as saturn continues in pisces is more people reaching for a
1: little bit more shape mm-hmm. to their spirituality mm-hmm. and like that tangibility like with the cards i could totally see that and i feel like you know tarot is like everywhere now like you go to mm-hmm. like any store and there's like tarot decks you know there's like a little corner or even like crystals, that's the same thing.
0: It's a very flexible energy in a certain way. You guys have this ability to kind of adapt how you express authority in a certain way. Like mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't have to look the way that we think it's going to look, which is I envy you a little <laughs> bit with that because <laughs> my Saturn and Capricorn is mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it can be very by the books in certain ways. And, you know, you guys have this kind of shape-shifting fluidity.
1: Yeah. about you
0: that you can inhabit mm-hmm. and also I think with that Pisces energy like the ability to lean into your perception of like other people's emotional and spiritual experiences as well mm-hmm. which I think for people like you you know you're a professional astrologer mm-hmm. so being able to like inhabit other people's experiences and kind of come to a certain understanding is probably very useful for you and yes. the work that you do
1: hmm It definitely is. And, you know, Pisces, it's like, you know, empathetic and like, just like very accepting. And I think that is definitely like, I don't know if that's like the Saturn and Pisces, but I just am very like accepting of all people. And I come from Mm -hmm. like that non-judgmental. It could be that, but I'm also a Libra. So I'm kind of like, I see all sides of things. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, and then, you know, Pisces is, can be understanding,
0: of the fact that like all things are connected mm-hmm. just by the fact that, you know, we are all existing in the same, you know, realm or plane or however you kind of conceptualize it, mm-hmm. but everything is connected and interlinked in some way. And I feel like with Saturn and Pisces, that might be something that you have a, maybe a more inherent understanding of than, you know, those of us who don't have Saturn and Pisces.
1: Mm-hmm. And I definitely think, you know, as time goes on and I like distance myself from my own like Saturn return I feel like I'll come to understand the energy a little bit more because like I feel like I'm in it right now like I'm I'm in the pool and so I'm just kind of like swimming through it and then you know once I get out of the pool and like when Saturn moves into Aries I think I'll be like oh that was that was that energy you know right it'll be fun to observe as an astrologer
0: well Pisces energy can be very murky in that way Mm -hmm. so it's like you're, you know, it, we're probably all going to come out of it when Saturn moves into Aries. We're like, what just happened? Yes,
1: exactly. What was that? Right. It feels like we're all like, we all have like sunglasses on or something and we're just kind of like yeah. vibing through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean,
0: Saturn rules time as well. And I feel like time has been really quite strange. I wonder like, if, you know, Saturn and Pisces for y'all that have it in your charts, if you guys just have a weird relationship with time in general.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, it's funny, like I can, I've heard you say this before, Mm. where like you can have a memory and almost like relive it and like feel those emotions. And that's, that's very much how I am too. Like just the other day, oh my gosh, I was in therapy and I was telling my therapist about something that happened like a long time ago. And I just like started crying. I was like, why am I crying? Like, this isn't even like a bad memory. It's just like a (laughs) sweet memory. And it was just like I was reliving it in yeah. that moment, and yeah, it's very interesting.
0: You you kind of are unbound by time in a certain weird way. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting. Mm-hmm. It is super interesting. So y'all, you guys have a lot to. I, I'm I'm just curious to see like how you know once we're out of it, like all of the people that went through their Saturn returns and Pisces, like the mm-hmm. the graduating class. Like, what is this graduating class like? What are they gonna get up to? Because I mean, you know, you guys all incarnated at a time with Saturn and Pisces. So, I mean, you are, I would say a lot of you are going to be, you know, leaders in creativity, leaders in spirituality,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: leaders in terms of, you know, our emotional understanding in a lot of ways. So Mm, it'll be fascinating to see,
1: you know, what, what y'all get up to as you enter the, Mm -hmm. the second cycle. I was just thinking like, you know, that trend on TikTok where it's like, Gen Z like looks older than like millennials like I part of me wonders if it's because like you know the youngest millennials have Saturn and Pisces so we are just kind of like ageless timeless creatures yeah (laughs) ancient and fetal at the same time (laughs) yes everything all at once (laughs) exactly exactly well
0: thank you so much for sharing about your Saturn return and for coming on and Yeah. Educating the masses is what we do here on Petty Astrology. So. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm not going to lie to you, the next few days leading up to that Virgo full moon on February 24th might feel a little more tense than we'd like. And the lead up to full moons are usually a time where it can feel a little rougher. And usually that's because stuff is coming up that we kind of need to clear out of the way. And Virgo energy really loves trimming the fat, it really loves getting down to the nitty gritty. But the thing about being detailed and noticing everything, as Virgo energy often does, is that it's really easy to be very particular. It can be overwhelming and anxiety inducing. It's easy to find grievances and complaints and the problems staring right at us. And sometimes we're so used to having these screwed up experiences and feeling that way and cleaning up messes and getting out of sticky situation and going to bat to have to do the things that we have to do in life, that it can just feel normal. But the fact of the matter is, is we only have so many hours in a day. We have so much energy to give outside of ourselves. And I think the thing with Virgo energy is that we often forget that this is healing energy as well. It can be really healing to say, Hey, maybe the ways that I've been using my energy isn't the best use of my time. Maybe it's not really what I feel is going to move me forward. It doesn't really enliven my soul. But what if you set aside the complaints, left those behind, and abandon any mindset that you can't find a sense of peace or purpose in your day-to-day life, that it's asking too much to be well and to have the space to move around and grow and have breakthroughs and discoveries? Maybe heal some ideas that you've been carrying around that haven't been that constructive for you, that are getting in the way of you leaning into your imagination exploring the possibilities for what could be. The thing is, is that when we complain, when we fixate on what's wrong, we spend a lot less time making things a little more right. We spin our wheels. It can be even kind of addicting to feel in this sense of frustration, like we're just always getting let down or nothing's ever quite right. You know, We can burn off certain amount of energy that way. But we have all of this Pisces energy in the air right now. At least we will for this full moon. And there is so much in the world that needs to be envisioned and created. So much emotional progress that each of us needs to make to move ourselves forward, to help other people. And I'm not saying ignore the things that are bugging you. I actually think this is a great time to write out or record yourself talking into a voice note in your phone. You could also make an art piece about it, whatever works for you but actually identifying the things that are weighing on you and maybe holding you back, and actively deciding like, I don't really wanna spend my time on this anymore. And at the same time, identifying the things that are worth your work, the things that you can actually tend to and grow and heal. Because complaining and fixating on what's wrong leaves you in a state of resistance You're always holding on to something instead of moving towards something else. I think this full moon energy is a real opportunity to release a lot of worry, a lot of the noise. Because when we focus on the details that are actually healing, that are nourishing and moving us forward, things that we can actually do, feelings we can actually bring into our day-to-day, That's what's going to truly connect us to our sense of purpose, you know. And there's opportunities here to grow that connection. To have some new experiences of that trust. Of that sense of flow and openness to the universe and all that we can experience. And all that we can create and build. You may have some revelations about how you use your time. Is there enough flow in your day-to-day, or are you holding on to everything that goes wrong? Everything that's not the way that you want it to be right now? Are you making things harder than they have to be? Because we do that. Virgo is ruled by Mercury. It's a very mental sign. And so often our own minds can get in the way of us being in more of a flow state, not forcing everything to be a certain way. Have you ever noticed that the best ideas come to you when you're doing something like taking a walk or going for a drive, washing the dishes or doodling? It's never when we're forcing it, when we're squeezing the thought out of our mind. This is a moment where we can see that it's actually more constructive. It does save us more time. That moon will officially be full at 4.30 a.m. on Saturday, February 24th. It's not uncommon for us to feel a little over-energized, a little restless with full moon energy. Show yourself a little bit of that healing energy that I've been talking about. Treat yourself with compassion. Tend to yourself. And don't let yourself fixate on stuff that's really not productive for you in the long term. Full moons are about receiving. And sometimes that means we gotta let go of some other stuff to make room for what we've got coming. Look at the work that you've been putting in since September. You'll probably find that a lot of the realizations you'll have during this full moon are things that you've been building toward since around September of last year. And if you've really been putting in the work with your mindset, with your energy, with how you approach things, you might find that this full moon brings a sense of real empowerment with it, that you can build towards a lot more than what you've done so far, because you've done it before and you can do it again. And look at all this inner wisdom that you've accumulated up till this point. So take care of yourself. If emotions come, let them come. And take it from a cancer rising. Having big emotions can be just as much a release as anything else. So don't fight it. Just know that it's all clearing the way. It's clearing a better path. This episode was produced by Lori Rivers and brought to you by my sponsors over on Patreon. If you'd like exclusive bonus content, access to the Petty Astrology Advice Hotline, or to support the podcast by becoming a part of the Petty Astrology community, you can join my Patreon at the link in the show notes.